all honesty, I really don't know what to say about Richard Rodriguez. His writing confounds me, and despite my best efforts to understand his points and perspectives, I can never really be sure if my takeaway is what he intends for his audience. Yet, there is a certain metaphorical beauty in that, I think. I am a white, lower-middle-class American college student. I grew up speaking English in school and at home. I never wondered if I was accepted in my society or by my country. Being American is natural to me. Rodriguez does not share any of these experiences with me. He says in Hunger of Memory that he only felt like an American citizen after he was able to use the English language and interact with society. The fact that much of his writing follows an organic structure that I and most readers would find hard to follow is probably an intentional obstacle Rodriguez gives us. He's not trying to teach facts or give solutions. He culminates his essays and opinions and life experiences into an autobiography, not a dissertation. He wants to teach, but also he just really wants his story to be heard. His story is important, not just to him or whatever fans or critics you might have, but to the whole of American society. His education, what led to his success, and his eventual retreat from that teaches us not only the cost of immigration, but the importance of looking closely at those who we identify as most vulnerable in our society. His take on affirmative action shows this. Affirmative action, as explained in a 1990 publication of the Harvard Business Review, operates on the idea that minorities should be allowed in, either into society or college, doesn't really specify here, as a matter of public policy and common decency. The minority label here applies to women, blacks, and immigrants because adult white males held the majority of positions in American business world. The Harvard Crimson in 1973 argued that affirmative action was justified as a means of overcoming the effects of past discrimination. It was largely affirmed by its proponents as continuing on the civil rights movement. Now, I couldn't find much about public opinion and reaction as a whole when affirmative action policies were first introduced, but based on the fact that the statement was made and that affirmative action had to be justified, I'm going to take a not so wild guess and say that it was probably not well received by everyone. Today, affirmative action in colleges is largely understood as a system of quotas, spots set aside for minority groups, and advantages or bonuses given to minorities because they face more challenges than white students. It remains a highly controversial issue. Richard Rodriguez's stance, however, reflects neither popular opinion that affirmative action is either justified or that it unfairly disadvantages white students. He believes that affirmative action, while it is well-meaning, is not automatically applicable to everyone traditionally labeled a minority. He believes this so strongly that when offered numerous prestigious and high-earning job offers from an array of universities, he turned them all down because he could not rectify or benefiting from a system meant to correct an issue he did not feel affected by. When I first read the part of the book where Rodriguez turns down all of his job offers in order to disavow affirmative action, I went through a range of emotions. First, I was confused. I didn't understand how his actions meant anything to the institution of affirmative action itself. Then, after taking some time to think about it, I thought, well, obviously he's wrong. Affirmative action is important, and he's biting the hand that fed him. I was disgusted that someone could throw away opportunities that many will never be able to attain or even dream of. But then I realized he was right. I was disgusted by his privilege, by the fact that he didn't need it. By refusing positions offered to him because he didn't want to be a beneficiary of affirmative action, he proved himself right. He was privileged in a way that those who are meant to benefit from affirmative action are not. He had the means to live and to continue his own career path despite rejecting those jobs. He didn't need affirmative action. 
at least not at that point in his life. He says in Hunger of Memory, once upon a time, I was a socially disadvantaged child. 30 years later, I read this book as a middle-class American man, assimilated. It is not that he never benefited from forms of affirmative action, or even that he never should have, but that it became unnecessary. He had already accomplished the goal of affirmative action, to include minority students in education. This happened by chance when he was enrolled in a private Catholic school with the city's wealthy and elite, but also by immense sacrifice from his parents when they immigrated to this country, and they gave up speaking their own native tongue at home to better immerse Rodriguez in his English language. And their efforts to ensure him an education, they also sacrificed their relationship with their son. They afford him opportunities and identity which they could never obtain themselves. This may not be the end goal that pushes American support for affirmative action, but as Rodriguez argues, it is a necessary consequence. The desire of native-born Americans to fully assimilate immigrants into their own culture requires immigrants to suspend one part of their identity and replace it with one that is not inherently their own. Labeling a person as American takes up that person's primary identity. Think about the different labels we give to groups of immigrants and then to citizens. We say Mexican immigrant or undocumented immigrant to describe someone who doesn't fit. But once someone does, once they obtain citizenship and we allow them to belong, American identity is most salient. We say black Americans, Hispanic Americans, gay Americans, even Muslim Americans. No matter how else we describe these people, American identity is inalienable. With that label, we circumvent all other forms of identity outside of our ascribed identity. Even the word naturalization implies an impossible yet fundamental change in identity. That being American is natural and tied to the person's being, regardless of any identity they held previously. This past week, I was extremely fortunate and was able to contact Richard Rodriguez himself to ask a few questions about affirmative action and his identity as an American who is also the child of immigrants. One of the questions I asked was, is it the truth of the immigrant experience that education and assimilation in the United States cost the heritage and private experience of the immigrant? Can there be some middle ground? In his book, he talks about public versus private identity, that who you are to the world will ultimately affect who you are to your family and close circle. Those two identities that we often think of as separate are intertwined and cannot be completely removed from each other. His private identity with his family was removed when he obtained a public identity in school and in society because he knew the English language. In his email response to me, he said, quote, I think the role of education is the teaching of how to become a public person, unquote. Education in the United States, then, should serve to teach everyone how to be an American. Maybe not how to fit into society, but at least to help them understand and interact with it. Affirmative action would then be granting access to the system to those who are less traditionally American, who are left out of the system. Affirmative action, aimed at including the minorities in this education, advantaging the so-called disadvantage, means then to reinstate equality on an educational but also a social level. If the status can be obtained outside of affirmative action, then affirmative action could be unnecessary or even obsolete. The best way that Rodriguez expresses his permanent and irreconcilable disconnect between his family and his own identity is when he shows the failure of academia to relate to his parents. He says in the introduction of his novel that he, quote, can read Garcia Lorca and Garcia Marquez at his leisure. But what consolation can that fact bring against the knowledge that his mother and father have never heard of Garcia Loca or Garcia Marquez? The fact is, there is a cost to education, and Rodriguez paid a higher price than most of us for it. It is not that he lost his heritage or his family's heritage, 
that he was denied it from the day he learned English and became an American citizen. Irrevocably, he is an American. And just as I cannot understand his experience, he cannot understand mine. Or even the experience of an immigrant or a disadvantaged minority. His acceptance into society is complete. That label that is put onto him because of his lineage and the color of his skin is one he can and does transcend. Rodriguez shows how when we look to make accommodations for those we see as having certain disadvantages, we must also accommodate for those who have already overcome them. But, in true Richard Rodriguez fashion, I refuse to end this with anything less than a conclusion that seemingly comes out of left field, leaves a cliffhanger, and even disputes the purpose of my entire analysis. Notice that at the beginning, I said Rodriguez meant only to tell his story, not give the solution. Side note, in Hunger of Memory and his emails, he kind of does. He identifies class as a better way of means testing those who should and should not reap the benefits of affirmative action, but never explains how this could or should be done. Probably because it's not an expert on the implementation of this kind of thing anyway, but to the point. He never gives a practical solution. I noticed that in all the questions I asked Rodriguez, I left out the obvious one. I never asked him what he thought a solution to the problem to identify as what the affirmative action could be. This is in part out of respect for the fact that he never gave one in the first place, but also out of my own selfishness to defend my own pride when I say this. I have spent hours looking at this computer trying to figure out a way to solve a problem of action other than the one that I'm about to give to no avail. Richard Rodriguez and education advocates have also spent a considerably much longer time trying to find another solution too. Maybe this is a cop-out, but I think that Richard Rodriguez's story is the solution. Solving a of action isn't necessary when Richard Rodriguez has proved the simulations can be achieved without it. Finding ways to prevent discrimination and allow the same opportunities he had to all students could be a better solution in the end anyway. Okay, thanks to Richard Rodriguez, his book, Hunger of Memory, and also the email, the very, very kind email that he sent me, uh, Harvard Business Review, Harvard Crimson, and of course, Professor Jorge Santos, who it's me to look into this and to this project. It's been awesome.